Hey everybody, welcome to the another episode of the Naha Show. Today we have Iram talking about Kundalini Yoga, uh, being a consultant for Deloitte, and going to MBA school. I think it's a really cool conversation just to learn about her own journey into um, her own practice and you know where she wants to go with uh, management consulting as well as like co-creative. So I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation and here it is. Aram, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Um, kind of a crazy week, but juggling a lot of different things. Everything I'm excited about, though, so no complaints. Nice. No, that's super good to hear. Um, yeah, today it's really just uh, about time to just hear about your journey and, and learn about you know what you're currently up to and how you got there. Um, I think, you know you probably have a really interesting journey compared to my own and, and some other ones that I've listened to. Uh, so it would be great to just, you know, first start off with what you're up to right now. Okay. So what I'm up to right now is a lot of things. <laughs> like I mentioned, um, I'm currently a full-time MBA student at UCLA Anderson and I'm also, I would call it a, a, a full-timer at like co-creative where I'm working with, I know one of your dear friends, Eric and, I'm also teaching Kundalini Yoga at Rama Institute and doing wellness programming and teaching Kundalini at UCLA Anderson too. So those are probably the main areas that I'm spending my time on, um, aside from you know my own practice and, and all that stuff. So okay. it's crazy, but all good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it doesn't sound like you're doing anything at all. So <laughs> not busy. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So um, I guess first off, like what is Kundalini Yoga or like that kind of branch of wellness? And I think for me, it's, it's kind of like my first times hearing about it. And so it'd be cool to understand a little bit more about that. Well, that's actually my favorite question in the world. So <laughs> I'm happy you went there. <laughs> um, so especially for people who've never heard of Kundalini Yoga, the way I would describe it is it's a, diff it's a different type of yoga, but there's, there's many limbs of yoga, I think 19 um, originally. And Kundalini Yoga is primarily a yoga focused on balancing the nervous system and the glandular system, as well as strengthening the nervous system while working on a combination of heart opening, um, creating like power in your system, which is a Kundalini energy and developing a neutral mind. And to kind of like simplify that, it's essentially a practice where you, you do a lot of weird things that are a little bit weirder than normal, normal Western yoga to feel more relaxed and more calm and more connected to yourself. That, that's how I would describe it. Okay. Um, but just a little, a little bit more on, on that, like the way it's a little bit different than the other practices is it combines pranayama, like the breath work with mantra, um, chanting uh, different types of uh, all different types of um, ways of chanting, whether it's a little bit more singing or just like loudly chanting, uh, postures where you're you're moving in, in more of a rhythmic way or holding positions for a longer amount of time, all these different techniques. And it, I, I look at it as kind of like the, these kriyas and sets, they're like these scientific formulas to reach a certain experience in the biochemistry of your body. So yeah, that's my, my simple explanation of feeling. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that's super cool. I mean, obviously that begs the question of what are these kind of 
interesting or different things that you do um, in it that you alluded to? Um, yeah, and that's, it's a very experience-based yoga, so, you know, I recommend trying it, but, like, one of, you know, a simple way to, to share is, like, you know, one of the basic, I'd say, like, warm-up postures, right? Like, you hold your arms up 60 degrees in the air, your thumb tips are sticking out, your fingers are, like, curled on the bed of your hands, and you begin doing a breath, a breath called breath of fire. Um, ideally, you'd want to do it for at least three minutes, and what you're doing here for holding your arms up for the, this like three minutes is they're gonna start to hurt probably like if you've never done it before, even after a minute. And that's basically your your nervous system starts saying like, hey, put, put your arms down, <laughs> like this hurts. And you know, that's the point where you wanna keep them up and get to that three minute point using a combination of your mind and your own like strength. And what that does is strengthen your nervous system. And so then when you're out of your practice and in the real world, right? and you get hit by things that impact your nervous system, such as like stress or anxiety or your boss yelling at you, whatever it is. My boss never yells at me, but your boss yells at you. Um, <laughs> you know, your body can like handle that better from a nervous system perspective. And as you like start doing these different techniques, right? Like your body starts becoming superhuman. That's how I would describe it. And, and that's what I think Kundalini Yoga is about. It's about becoming, well, I don't know if it's superhuman or really human, because I think one of the things I see in this world is like, we're not accessing all of these different, um, I'd say, powers that we have as as humans that could let us be happier, even when the world is a little bit of a shit show, as it currently as. Yeah, definitely. No, it sounds really interesting. I think, from my perspective, as I hear it, it's almost more like understanding your own body better, understanding the the steps you can take to. Um, let your body become more accustomed to various uh, outside forces and things. And so it's not a, much of a shock when it happens. Uh, and so really empowering yourself to, to grow in a sense, in, in a different sense. Yeah. And also just starting to have an understanding of like how your body works, right? Like, and the cool thing about feeling is you don't have to understand any of it to get the benefits and do it. I'm just like, nerd so I've been like diving into <laughs> all this stuff but you know if you just practice these experiences happen you know such as also you secreting certain hormones that are going to make you feel good right like and you get that in exercise too but we kind of like next level it with with kundalini and like when I first started doing kundalini I used to call it the kundalini high but wow I feel amazing from this and that's why I kept to it and it's and quite frankly like for me personally, it is the most important thing in my life, my spiritual practice, the Kundalini practice, understanding the science of Kundalini yoga and sharing it. And then everything else falls into place because of it. Although I am very passionate about everything else I do. So, yeah. <laughs> nice. No, that's super cool to hear. Uh, and so how did you like discover it or, or stumble upon it? Yeah, that's actually a funny story. Um, <laughs> um, so my best friend uh in new york went to like some spiritual shaman person in like chicago and then like connected me with her and then she recommended me a book and i was like just kind of getting into my spiritual journey at that point so i was reading every book there was on earth and um in this book it was like about the chakra system they actually talk about why you shouldn't do kundalini yoga but like very briefly they're like yeah kundalini yoga can activate your body too much and you might feel like really excited and like too overly energized or like something like that and they're trying to frame it 
as a bad thing. And I was like, and I have a rebellious nature as is. So like me reading that, I was like, I have to try this class or like whatever this type of yoga is. I had been practicing vinyasa for like uh, six years when I, when I discovered Kundalini, uh, I was practicing vinyasa in New York and like wherever I would go and had a hot yoga practice as well. But I never like, nothing like hit it the way Kundalini did in, in my first class. And then I just kind of dove in um, pretty quickly after the first experience. Cause um, just a quick thing about me and this is partially like, you know, being a management consultant, like I am a huge believer in effectiveness and efficiency with everything in life. Of course, you have to enjoy life too. But even with that, there's like ways to enjoy life in a more effective and efficient way. And so Kundalini for me was like the fastest way I found to enhance my experience of reality so I could be happier. So that's kind of my thought process around it. Okay, nice. Super cool. And so you found this gateway book into Kundalini Yoga and just dived headfirst into it and sounds really interesting. Like what was the next steps from there? Was it finding somebody to help lead you on this path or uh, going someplace? Yeah. So Kundalini's, um, it's a teacher based system. I'd say like, you know, if you read about in a book, you could try the Kriyas and that's fine. And it's good to have your own personal practice, but how it's an energetic um, experience. Right. And so one really cool thing too, is like, this is from my experience. I, I'm sure there's something written about this, but I've seen the more powerful the teacher and the more the teacher has worked on their own energy and clearing their own energy, the more powerful the experience of the class. So when I first found Kundalini, I did go to a studio that was um, in New York City and thought pretty close with the, the lead teacher whose studio it was, Hadi. Um, she's incredible and one of my greatest mentors and, and teachers in, in life. And, and I just started taking as many classes with her as I could. It took me a little longer to start my personal practice um, because the teacher really holds space for that experience to happen. And, you know, a way to like kind of relate this to like other like experiences too, like in a business meeting even, right? Like the lead facilitator is a really important role because there's something about the energy and the aura of the lead facilitator that curates the experience for everyone else. And without that lead facilitator, that experience is not going to be the same. So that's the same thing with Kundalini, like having a teacher that has the aura, the strength, the power to really create an experience and hold the space for the students to go through the, the Kriya, which is the set of postures, allows for a more enhanced experience and lets you kind of raise your consciousness closer to the level of the teacher. So yeah, I basically dove in um, with Huddy and I did my level one teacher training with her. Um, and I did one level two with her, which was around conscious communication super life-changing. And basically I had a really bad anxiety, a little bit of depression, um, which anxiety is so common these days. And, and it was pretty crippling uh, for me for the most part. So Kundalini was the first thing that actually started to crack away at my anxiety and like help me get a long result around that. So that, that was one of the primary reasons I really was interested in it. Okay, nice. No, super cool to hear. So I guess hopping back, so you're doing consulting now. And did you, was that like always a pathway you wanted to go into? Yeah. Um, I will say like one thing just because it's a, a basis of, of my story. I've always had a little bit of a, I'd say inclination towards like the esoteric and the magical mystical side of life. So even like pre Kundalini, which is, I will say like as a disclaimer, it's definitely on the more like magical, energetic, esoteric side of yogas, but there's science behind all of it, which if people dig into it and actually have the time, the patience and the capacity to do 
research into it, there's a lot in there and a, a continuous amount coming. Not all of it has research around it, but a lot of people are working really hard to find that. So anyways, that's a tangent. Going back to the consulting uh, piece, yes, um, I ha did want to do consulting since college, so, but I didn't know I, I wanted to, like before I actually saw what consulting was. Um, in high school, I actually was super interested in business. I like um, accidentally got put in a sports marketing class because um, like someone messed up my schedule and like, like the counselor <laughs> office or something like that. I didn't know anything about business. Um, I thought I wanted to be a doctor or a lawyer because that's what all good, good Pakistani kids do. <laughs> um, and then I got into sports marketing class and I wasn't interested in sports, but I liked marketing. And I was like, wow, this is super interesting. And started doing like business competitions, like as a sophomore in high school, um, was getting first place in a lot of levels and continued to do that in high school. And I was like, wow, I definitely have a knack for this business thing. So I want to do like for college, I want to do one, something that has a good ROI from like a school perspective, if I'm going to actually, like, you know, do this thing. And like, I want to be financially independent, all this stuff. And two, I, I really like business, but I don't know what in business, like I like marketing, but I didn't know what else there was. So, um, I went to NYU Stern for undergrad. Um, I love New York City. I've always wanted to go to school in New York City and live in New York City. So um, full transparency here, Deloitte has an incredible program called the GSAT program where they actually sponsor um, high performing um, employees to go to get their MBA um, on the company with the promise to return for two years. Obviously they, they'll pay it after, you return or whatever, like as you return, like there's like a, a whole contracting with that. So quite frankly, my decision to get the MBA was um, twofold, maybe threefold actually. <laughs> One, um, risk, risk, um, less risky, I guess that's the word, of um, a jump for me. I think I, financially, I, I wouldn't say I'm the most like risky person always. I like to like think things through and make sure like I have a good plan to keep things together and stuff because financial independence has been like one of the most important things in my life, especially as like Pakistani woman trying to make her way in this world. It's definitely been part of my story that we don't need to get into today, but, <laughs> but um, the other thing was I knew I wanted to soul search. Like I knew I needed two years to, like I was working a lot at Deloitte and I was also teaching, like I did my yoga teacher training, like was living a crazy New York city life. And I didn't have time to like, breathe enough, um, which apparently I still don't. So we, we got to reflect on that. But um, I, I wanted to think about like, what do I really want to do long term? Is it Deloitte forever? Is it something else? Like, and, and I needed time to think about that. So two years, definitely soul searching. And then three, I wanted time to dive deeper into um, deeper into Kundalini Yoga, to be honest, like that was one of the primary reasons I chose to come to UCLA, which is like, funny. Right? But in um in LA there is the the studio I'm teaching at Rama Institute and uh, the teacher Guru Jagat who's one of my greatest role models as well and currently my primary teacher um, I really wanted to study with her and I knew that being in person in LA would give me that opportunity so yeah that was kind of the the reason to get the MBA I love UCLA but I did do undergrad business school so it's definitely not I'm definitely not here for a huge academic um, reason. <laughs> <laughs> no, very cool. I, I think it's a it's a very calculated move for sure um, to you know give you some space and time to think about consulting life in the future and also to dive deeper into your passions, which I think is really cool. Uh, 
because I think other stories of MBAs are, you know, maybe a career change, maybe uh, a searching moment, you know. Um, so no, that's really interesting. And so you're year in, I think, right? Yeah, um, I'm a year in, so I graduate May or June. Okay. <laughs> and so how has that experience been so far? Oh, I mean, it's, I guess, I'm the, my year is the first class that's got to experience um, getting your MBA during a pandemic. So it's definitely been interesting, but I will say, like, I have had a really great experience of life in the, these years. I think the MBA, like, again, like, I think UCLA is an amazing school, incredible people and professors and all that stuff. I think just for me, it, it's, it's just one small part of my really big life. And I've focused myself, I think I have a great advisor and, you know, since I kind of had like most of my shit together, like coming into the MBA in terms of like more clarity on like what I want to do than I think like most people do. Um, especially with the Deloitte offer to go back to, you know, I think that's, that's a huge part. I'm really grateful Deloitte for that. Um, I decided to focus on one primary thing with school and that was bringing wellness programming and more conversation around mental health and Kundalini yoga to um, the MBA world. And I think, you know, that's part of my greatest passion in, in one of my greatest passions in life is really how do we bring um, a lot of these teachings, some of these more esoteric teachings and change the language a little bit so we can make them palpable for the business world and accommodate the business world because, you know, we have a lot of different industries, but the business world definitely rules a lot of the systems that we have. Um, and I think like if we start to cultivate leaders who are more mindful and who are taking care of their mental health and taking care of themselves and have access to these tools and technologies without having to be spiritual, without having to like talk about chakras and crystals, we can create a better corporate sector, a better systematic um, change in, in like the fortune 500 and whatnot. So yeah, basically I've been focusing on running our yoga and wellness program. I teach at UCLA. I talk about all this stuff and that's, I mean, I'd say it's like, it's pretty, um, it's pretty thankless work. <laughs> I volunteer a lot and I do, I do do a lot for that. Um, and it's rewarding though, because, you know, even just like one student getting into Kundalini yoga, which there's been more than one, and not just Kundalini Yoga too, too, right? Like it's a, it's more about giving more people a platform. And, and part of that, what I saw was, you know, and this is where the consulting comes in. I think Deloitte's given me a skill set on like how do you get shit done and how do you execute really well and really efficiently. And so applying that to wellness programming and then activating that into UCLA has been my mission. And I just want to leave that program running when I leave. And so that's kind of uh, this year. So that's kind of what I'm still, still focused on and, and trying to put a good attention to, but yeah. <laughs> No, it's super cool and amazing to hear. I think uh, it's cool. It's cool to like hear about how you're combining your passions and really just using your opportunities to your advantage. So on the pathway of figuring out how to combine these two into to more of like a business sense <laughs> or acceptable business sense, um, you know, how is that coming along? So okay, good segue. <laughs> part I guess third me fourth I know yeah third part of, of my um no I think it's fourth of life of um my very big life I would call it <laughs> uh, which I, re I realized I've had to like learn how to bend time and space to get everything I try to get done done and still be happy but it's it's working um <laughs> but that that comes to, to what we're doing at like at like co-creative which I know you're you're close with Eric and um 
have been connected with us. Um, you know, Light is a consulting firm that is bringing social impact initiatives, wellness, inclusion, and sustainability to the Fortune 500, the corporate world, and also empowering entrepreneurs to bring the companies and the changes they want to bring the system forward. Because, uh, and this is how I see Light, like we're, we're a get shit done kind of firm, right? Like there's a lot of ideas out there. People talk about things all day long and love to share ideas, but we need more people who are actually going to drive the work forward and do not get paralyzed by the pandemic, do not get paralyzed by the election. And I think we're really calling in a group of people who do that. And like, that's not to say that, you know, no, there is compassion for the fact that we have a pandemic and a crazy election happening, right? But there is a way that you can not be paralyzed by that and still be effective and productive and move forward. And it's like, why not, right? Like, what do we get out of being paralyzed by fear if there's like a way to move that kind of stuff through? Tangent, um, back to light. <laughs> um, I'm excited about everything we're doing, but I'm mostly excited about our wellness programming and we have um, an inclusion by wellness program we're doing too. So to like summarize it, we're basically doing like what I'm doing to UCLA too, right? Like how do we bring wellness programming into uh, the Fortune 500 and then also like integrate in a way that's not weird and like people feel connected to it. And then, you know, on the topic of inclusion, which has been really big this year too, uh, one of the um, offerings where we've been working on and we've been holding community events for this that have been going so well is how do we like have difficult conversations about inclusion, right? And the idea is we need to fill your cup up first. So we like kickstart these experiences with a Kundalini yoga activation, breath work, moving the body a little bit, opening the space for people to like actually talk about things. Because if you don't like, if you're stressed about things happening in your personal life and that happening a lot for people coming, you know from home and it's like it's not being in school and like all that stuff it's really hard to care about the fact that someone else is struggling with inclusion and diversity in your firm quite frankly like that might sound mean but that's the truth we're we're all looking to take care of ourselves first right so when we let ourselves relax a little bit more then we can be more open to like having dialogue so we're working with that and um you know it light has been very open to <laughs> to incorporating a lot of kundalini yoga in in different ways to make it you know not too crazy um for for people uh for some of our offerings so i've been i've been really grateful for all that and um my long-term goal is you know i i hope no one from Deloitte is listening to this but you know <laughs> whatever <laughs> um i ideally like i will either like stick on with light uh full time after i've done my mba or um if it makes sense for me financially i'd go back to deloitte and for two years and come back to light but in terms of my vision for my life and for how i want to impact the world like light is what i want to be doing right like like we just we just want to bring light to the world and and we're really just calling in a, a really great group of humans it like keeps blowing my mind like the type of people who are like attracted to working with us from both a client perspective and um from a collaborator perspective so yeah, yeah a lot of a lot of exciting stuff happening <laughs> nice no that's that's great to hear that uh you have a vision vision for the future and it's almost in my mind right if you can really provide that uh that value that is able to translate into like some sort of like monetary kind of piece for businesses. It's a much easier thing to sell obviously than being like open your mind and you know, and that'll help you in business and, and do these things. Um, so, you know, there, there could be a scenario where you go to light, build it up, 
build up these like really amazing practices, right? And then Deloitte's like, wow, we do need to diversify our portfolio of things and expand our experiences to something like this. So we should like absorb light. <laughs> Could happen. <laughs> I, I hope we, we actually just become, you know, our own standing entity though, because you know, the bureaucratics ruling system can sometimes veer you away from from the mission, but you know, I don't know. We just gotta go with the flow. I actually don't know anything. I'm just my my way of, of looking at things is just you know having a vision, but be willing to iterate, and then just taking things day by day, and always following my intuition. Um, but before I, I you know go off topic again, uh, back to what you were saying about like metrics and stuff like that. That's actually a really important point that I, I want to um, hone in on a little bit. I think that's that's actually one of the key things that we're trying to do at Light too, right? Like with all, not just wellness and, and mental health and stuff, but even like sustainability and the different social impact initiatives. We have to, as a society now, start aligning monetary value and social impact, right? Like our world is a mess. Like I'm just going to call it for what it is. And we need as many people who are willing to like step up to the plate to step up now and work together to make change and also take care of themselves. So you have to take care of yourself to make change. And we have to align that all. We need to pay people well to be changing the world. We need to pay people well to be like doing the things that nonprofits are doing and a lot of times people aren't being paid well for. And we need to align incentives for Fortune 500s for things that make sense for our planet and for our people, right? And so that's a lot of the more like philosophical and thought process around it, but that's where you need the metrics, right? Like you need to be able to prove the business case. I mean, it, going back to like my Deloitte times, like I can't, can't even tell you, like most projects I've had to do, we have to have a business case on it. And yeah, sometimes, you know, numbers aren't exact, but you can you can show and prove like this, this initiative will will make a positive impact. And sometimes it's not tomorrow, but it's, it's in a couple of years. And so it, it's learning to start aligning these on. I don't have the answers to that, but that's definitely like, something I'm really interested in and exploring um, more and more. Yeah, no, definitely. It's a, an example that I like to think about is almost like sustainability, because if you look at the whole sustainability movement, all CSR reports and kind of uh, the shift towards um, closed ecosystems or just like understanding the impact of businesses on environment and how that, how going in a more positive direction can still have a positive impact on the bottom line. Um, maybe I think, that would be a great case study to look at, right? Of how those mindsets and implementations of things got put into practices and started to shift a lot of industries to say, okay, we should really think about how we're building this product or where we're sourcing from and things like that. Um, and, you know, there is a positive impact that if we do good, we can still, you know, get good back <laughs> in a sense. To, to your point, right? Like, and to put a little positive perspective on it too, I do think like the millennial generation and, and more importantly, the younger generation right now is um, really starting to think about these things. So I do I do think the world is gonna be safe and we're gonna be okay. And I, I have a vision for a really positive future. I think it's just gonna take a lot of work, but it is incredible to see how many people are starting to care about different things. And, and that's why I think, again, like going back to a little bit about the, the vision with light, uh, one of the reasons I'm so passionate about it is creating a platform for people because, you know, and especially because I'm in the MBA world, right? Like, so you talk to people and there's so many people who do want to make a difference and do want to make an impact, but then, you know, they also have to like feed themselves. So it's like, okay, where can I go? Who's going to hire me to do this stuff? 
um, and instead end up going somewhere else where, you know, they're not doing something, but they are building a good skill set. So, you know, I think really expanding and getting people a platform to do this kind of work is really important to me. So I'm excited to keep, keep trying and hustling. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. I, I encourage you to keep going and keep your head up. And I feel like you're the kind of person that doesn't get discouraged easily. <laughs> no. So no, really cool. Um, so I guess look, kind of looking at your whole journey, how would you say that you've been able to practice balance in your professional life and your, your personal kind of endeavors? Presence. I say presence is the key to balance because when you're present with, I would say everything, but as much as you can be, because no one's, I mean, maybe someone is present with everything. I'm as present as I can be and I'm present with everything. But when you really, and I've been learning this, I think over the last few weeks as things have just ramped up more in my life. Um, if I'm really present with the task on hand or the human on hand or whatever is happening, I can put a lot more energy into that experience. And then later on, I don't have like as much tail end stuff that takes me off balance. So that's the first thing, presence and as much as I can um, do. And, and that creates, you know, that just creates more effectiveness too, which I told you is my, my favorite thing. <laughs> um, and then the second piece for me is, is my practice. Like I had one week in the last few weeks where I actually didn't do my uh, physical practice for uh, five days and I was totally off balance after that. And I had to reset that week and be like, what did I do? And I was like, wow, I didn't do my physical practice. I was still meditating. But when, when my biochemistry is off in my body, I cannot keep my balance the way I can when it's, when it's on. So whatever I think anyone's physical practice it is, it doesn't have to be yoga, it doesn't have to be kundalini, literally be doing like 15 jumping jacks every morning. I think that's the most important thing to balance because you give to yourself in that moment, right? And giving to yourself is, is one of the keys to balance because I, and I'm not gonna speak for everyone, but I see a lot of people including myself, like giving a lot to the world, giving a lot to our jobs, to our families, to our friends, and going back to filling your own cup up first, if you don't do that, then it's, you know, empty giving to empty, and we, we have a problem here. Um, and recently, and this is, this is interesting, actually, um, for me, because I, I call myself a yogic scientist. I'm always just, like, experimenting with different things to see, like, how it works, and then, like, kind of seeing what works and like continuing that and what doesn't work and changing that. But um, for the last week and a half, I think, I've actually been meditating more than I've ever meditated in my life, which has been about two hours a day, even though I'm the busiest I've ever been. And it has just made everything so much better. And I'm not saying everyone should go meditate two hours a day, but for me doing that and then at least getting in 15 minutes of minimum of physical um, has made it a lot better for me to do everything doing is that time, those two hours for me is giving to myself. That's self-love. That's, you know, just me and me and having a good time. Cause I also love meditating. So I get, I get that, like, <laughs> I get that benefit of just enjoying it, which took a little bit of time, but yeah, that's kind of what I would say about balance and eating healthy. Everyone eat healthy. It's important. <laughs> yes. Food, I'll echo that. Food is important. <laughs> um, healthy food. Well, actually, uh, you know, to your point, I actually had an epiphany the other day that I want to share with you. And actually, because we, we had this plan, I thought about when I had that epiphany that I need to remember to share this. 
with you, so I'm going to share it because that was, that was just <laughs> um, But I have this epiphany that everything in your life is basically a big deal. And I know that sounds a little crazy, but what I kind of realized, and this was like after or in a meditation, I realized that every single second and moment, like how you live that starts to add up, right? And we're creatures of habit. So if you're doing one thing one way at one time, you're probably going to do that again. So bringing in awareness and realizing that like every little thing from what you eat, how you speak, how you're present with people, how you sleep, your pillow, like all these different things, who you date, who you spend time with, where you work, all of that is a big deal in life, right? Because all that stuff ends, like, ends up piling up and determining your story in life. How do you spend your time? Are you, you know, enjoying yourself? Are you out doing toxic or destructive things? Are you giving yourself self-love? Like, you know, all of that culminates into your life story. And I was reflecting on that because I think there's been times like where I wasn't doing great things with my time and I wasn't doing things that I would um, equate to self-love or caring for myself. And I was doing things that, you know, I don't need to get into so much, but were toxic for me. And my life reflected that, you know, it was a bad life. It was still like, living and like do high performer in some ways, but I wasn't happy. And then, you know, really forcing myself to shift a lot of these little things and incorporate more presence and like more yoga and, and less of like some of these just like other things that I was doing before has over time shifted everything for me. And yeah, and I think, you know, the food thing made me think about that too, because even with food, it's like, it's that little thing, like, like are you eating a blueberry or, or candy, <laughs> you know, and it sounds silly, but it adds up and, and, you know, there's still places I struggle with, like I'm a coffee slash caffeine addict and I'm aware that that's not great for me. So I'm still trying to figure that out, but you know, we want to have good lives. Like everyone wants to be happy. So it's paying attention and bringing your awareness to every little thing in your life and trying to make every little thing epic. That's what I, I actually try to do. Like I had a pretty um, sheltered upbringing, I would call it um, did not live much for my first 18 years. Again, like don't want to get into it too much, but you know, Pakistani Muslim family life, very, very different from the U S American life. And I remember I like, you know, I was pretty depressed and like anxious also in high school. And like, there was a moment where like, I was a little bit like, you know, even suicidal and, and I made a vow to myself. Like if I make it through this time, I vow to myself that I'm going to make my life fucking epic every single moment of it. And it took time and a little bit of kundalini yoga to figure out how to do that. But now I, I feel like that's the life I'm living and I'm grateful for that. And it, it takes the moment by moment epicness to, to create an epic life. Thanks. No, that's, um, appreciate the openness. And uh, I feel like you are living every moment very epically. Uh, you know, even with the over caffeinations sometimes, <laughs> but I yeah. think, I think you're finding your balance, which is really great. Yeah. I don't, I usually would like to end with like some random questions and things like that, but like, I feel like this is the epiphany of, you know, just everything which is so nice. And so there's, there's really nothing, uh, you know, that I feel like would top that. Uh, so I really appreciate you just, you know, like you said, taking the moment to, share your story, share um, just a small piece of, you know, who you are and, and everything you've been a part of. I think it's really cool to hear about. 
And I don't know about you, but I'm excited to see where you go uh, and to see where light goes and to see, you know, how you further combine your passions with business and to um, open some minds, because I think that's one of the hardest pieces, right? Of how do you, how do you change someone's mind that's closed or how do you slowly crack it open? Um, and so as a, as, raising the consciousness. yeah, and so like as a fellow so practitioner, experience yeah. Practice. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, no, I really appreciate you taking the time and, um, I guess we can part with this. If the, if people wanted to dive deeper into uh, the Kundalini practice, how would you say that they go about it? Um, so I would say, you know, this is a plug for Rama because Rama has just been so incredible. They have an incredible TV platform that they work really hard on, on creating a really great digital experience. Um, so if you go on ramatv.com, I think it would be it, but if you Google Rama TV, it should come up. You know, you can sign up for a two week free trial and just try it out and see if it's for you. I'm up there, like my classes are available for replay. Um, Guru Jugget is incredible. I would recommend doing one of her classes before doing one of mine, to be quite honest. Unless, you know, unless you want to have a, a little bit more of my experience and take my class as well. Um, and I'm really an open book. Like one of my missions is just to like, love and serve everyone because we're all one like um not to get too you know yogi on everyone but <laughs> i do love everyone i don't like everyone but i love everyone I <laughs> but uh you can reach out to me i mean um i'm the underscore corporate underscore yogini on instagram and i respond i am private so so you'll have to uh like follow or like, I don't know how the DMs work. I'm new to Instagram. I just, I just got it in November last year. So I'm a new with that, but trying trying to spread the love of the, the yoga. So I had to get on there. Um, <laughs> you can reach out to me and I, I like, you know, I do privates for people. Um, I teach people basics to give people like mini practices to start with. Basically anyone who ends up hanging out with me leaves with a daily practice that they, they hopefully start doing, but a lot of people have. So, um, okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll, we'll have to figure out some time and uh, figure out some daily practice for me because we haven't hung yeah, out yet. Let's do it. Um, so we'll have You're to do in. that. <laughs> but again, yeah, thanks for taking the time. I'll, you know, definitely uh, post your, your new Instagram handle into the about so people can uh, check it out and reach out to you and, you know, just learn something new or learn something interesting or maybe get a new daily practice. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, no, totally. I also love talking about quantum reality. So if anyone is interested on in nerding out about quantum reality, you can hit me up in the first stream. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, all right, Erin. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with you. Uh, hopefully you have a great rest of the day, which I feel like you will. If you haven't done your meditation yet, I'm sure you'll get it in. Um, so have a wonderful day. Thanks for taking the time and we'll speak soon. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Thank you. And that was my conversation. Hope you guys really enjoyed it. Um, don't forget to check out her Instagram and yeah, learn more about her practice. Again, thanks for listening. Um, like, subscribe, high five your phone, high five your computer, uh, high five a friend. And yeah, hope you guys uh, catch my next episode and have a great December. Talk to you soon.